Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fave Comparisons. My name, as always, is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and we are back for the Season 5 premiere. I am so excited. I am joined once again by the king of the K-Fave kickflip, Mr. Wex Breaking Lawson. Wex, how we living today, bud? Dude, living great. You know, sipping on a little bit of tequila and squirt uh feeling good I'm, I'm ready for the new season uh we had a fucking crazy weekend of wrestling that just happened here in nashville that we're gonna be able to talk about so much meat on the bone in this episode so much fun stuff we got a little, little top five lots of lots of great stuff i'm looking forward to the new format looking forward to the new season and uh hell yeah buddy i'm ready to get into it i am excited i am super pumped about the entire situation season five we got a new uh, new look. We got a new sound. Um, I'm super pumped about it. Today we are talking um, – our list for the day is going to be the top five SummerSlam moments of all time to us personally, obviously. Um, and, yeah, I mean the meat and potatoes of these shows from now on in season five, they're just going to be us hanging out, talking about the news, seeing what's happening, kind of like relating that, bunny trailing here a little bit in there, fantasy booking a little bit here and there. Um, wrestling's getting fun again, you know, we're like in like the rebirth of the attitude era almost, I feel like, and it's kind of cool. I mean, this is the first time this has happened. Like we're on new ground here with Vince McMahon, not involved in the major pro wrestling scene. It's kind of crazy. So yeah, season five, I'm excited. Wex, how high for you, man? How Dude, high for you? I'm super excited, even though it's sort of bittersweet. This is the last season of kayfabe comparisons, but I feel like, you know, this format, it's it's pretty good. It may stick and it may lead into something else. So, you know, it I'm really excited for what we're doing else. here. And yeah, dude, it's it's going to be a lot more it's going to be a lot more fun. A lot more a lot more I loops, agree. a lot more coup. I agree. Yes. This is the 5th and final season. That is the announcement for this episode. This will be the final season of Kayfabe Comparisons. Wax kind of jumped the gun a little bit and, and spoiled it on Instagram, but it's okay. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> hey, well, a few uh, people were upset about it. A few people already posting comments. They were sad. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I you know what? I try to assure them that this isn't, let's say, the last season of Wex breaking the Lawson and Mr. Know-It-All and possibly everybody else that's been involved with the show. It's, it, it might not be the last you hear from us, but maybe Absolutely. you might hear from us in a different format at another time. Absolutely. But yes. we're going to go all out for this final season of Kayfabe Comparisons because this is where everything started. So we're going to give it our all. I'm super excited about it, man. I feel like a lot of podcasts just stop happening. Like there's never like an ending point and I kind of hate that. So like, uh, I think it was kind of, I mean, it's kind of important instead of just kind of keeping trying to change the format every single season, we figured, you know what, we'll do one last season of kayfabe comparisons. We'll keep all the, uh, the OG fans happy and we'll, uh, we'll tie this thing off with a bow. So between SummerSlam season and WrestleMania of next year, WrestleMania's show next year will be the very last episode ever of kayfabe comparisons. I am uh, I'm pretty excited about what we're going to do in season five because this will definitely be the best season. So if you do listen to this show on a regular basis, please tell a buddy, tell a friend uh, to subscribe to this show specifically because it's our last season, man. I mean, this is the last chance you're going to get to really hear the kayfabe crew give you all of their hot takes. Um, yeah, man. So I'm excited. So without further ado, man, let's get into the hot takes. What do we got in the uh, in the news and notes? What's what's the haps around town? Mr. Wex breaking the loss. I mean, I guess we'll go ahead and start off with, you know, the biggest event of the weekend that's happened in the past few days, which was SummerSlam here yeah. in Nashville, Tennessee over the weekend. This was Triple H's first show 
that he his first pay-per-view, not first show, but first pay-per-view where he has complete creative control and he's in charge. And you could definitely feel the difference, see the difference, and it had just it wasn't completely different, but you could feel that slight little change in the show and yeah. lots of crazy shit happened. Uh so what what do you think was the biggest highlight of the night? I mean uh, I have mixed feelings about it because I feel like the I actually thought the last man standing match was great, man. I thought they did a really good job. I know it's Dude, like I know people here. Are, I usually hate that stipulation, yeah. but they made it work. Yeah, they made it work. And I know like people were rightfully so tired of, of Lesnar and Reigns. Like I get that. But that, that was I mean, they topped themselves and it, that's, that's a good really way to hard like, to do. End it. Yeah, it's a great way to end it. That's a great ending match like that storybook level match, I think. Um, not that it was the greatest, you know, bell to bell thing I've ever seen, but it's a moment like this is a, that's a highlight reel moment that will be associated with the WWE for a very, very long time. Um, and I thought, I actually thought the storyline of Rollins and Riddle was really good. I thought that the fact that they didn't have a match was almost better, you know, even though I like, I feel like the way that they're slow playing it instead of just hot shotting it makes a lot more sense to me. Like, I feel like people think that they're killing the angle, but I don't think that's what's happening. I think they're just really letting it draw out, which is what I think the, especially raw and the WWE product needs. Um, so yeah, I mean, SummerSlam, I mean, Logan Paul too. I mean, you gotta, you gotta give the devil his due. He was phenomenal, even though I think he's an asshole, but I mean, he was really good. (laughs) Hey, you want to hear, you want to be on, I'll be honest with you. That's like one of the only matches that I didn't watch on the show was the Logan Paul. I just saw the highlights of the splash and shit. And not to say that I don't match. I mean, I've heard it's great, but I've just, uh, you know, it's I it literally ended right as I tuned in. I was just like, yeah. eh, you know, whatever. I'll go back and catch that later. But I've heard like people saying like, like, oh, he's better than Adam Cole and he's better than this person. That I'm like, dude, come on, take it back. He yeah, did a few silly. big, big spots. He did some basic stuff. I'm mean, he, sure he's good <laughs> at that. But like, don't fade somebody like Adam fucking Cole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, that's there's a, there's a limit. But I will say that yeah. like for his like second or third match ever, he's very, very good. I, I would argue that oh, no, he's I, great, but come on. Don't, I would you listen, can't fade I would someone listen to like the that. arguments that would say his third match is better than Adam Cole's third match. That could possibly be true. That oh, could, yeah, of course. But yeah, he but he's in Adam Cole's third match wasn't in this, you know, but think about the situation, the setup. It's like all completely different. Like yeah. he already has that star power. He already has like, you know, the whole thing is different because they care about Logan Paul and Adam Cole's third match. No one gave a fuck and knew who Adam Cole was. Yeah. So they, that's going to, that takes it there. Like, cause the whole, of course the physical stuff, like the athleticism, you have to have that, but like the psychology part, like it's a lot easier when people already care about you. Yeah. No, I if totally people, agree. Yeah. But I mean, dude, the main event though, like the Roman reigns and Lesnar, like, dude, that's going to be a forever image of Lesnar driving the fucking tractor. Like that's gonna be one of those iconic things. That's gonna be a oh, just yeah. classic WWE moment. Like you said, it wasn't the best match, but it worked for what it was. And like right. someone like me who doesn't really give a fuck about that, it actually I was like, oh okay, it was really fun. I watched that, and it, you know, like I'm saying, I usually don't give a fuck about the because we've seen it so many times. But I was actually pretty hyped on that. But besides uh that, I, I agree with what you were saying about that. But is the I thought the return. Of Dakota Kai, Bailey, and Io Shirai, who now is Io Sky, that's a that's a Triple H move, 100. percent Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good move too. I think the uh, women's division definitely needed the uh, 
the boost at this point. Um, they've got, I mean, I, I would argue that I still think WWE has the best women's roster. I, I still think that they have the best. Now they hundred percent without a doubt do. I mean, I, I mean, I just don't think that's debatable. I, I mean, I do think that like there are better women elsewhere, but I think that as a division, the WWE women's division is, um, is the best. And I think Knockouts that, um, coming in a close second. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually yeah. not even anymore. They used to be like lately. Yeah. They've kind of been pretty trash. Yeah. I mean, AEW's is the worst. No doubt about it. I mean, um, and then, they, I, I mean, they, I'll say at least in the past few weeks, they've been trying to get better. And I will say they did a good job the past few weeks. Just give them that. Yeah. I mean, the toxic attraction thing and NXT is doing really well. Mandy Rose is definitely benefiting from being in NXT. Like I don't watch that show, but I have, and they got Medusa on there kind of like doing a little, like off screen, like, you know, non in ring role. And that's pretty sick. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. I mean, she's almost like the new regal there, which is cool. Um, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that at all. Um, I do want to, I'm interested in to see, I mean, let's actually kind of, I know we're like just kind of bunny trailing here, but how, I mean, do you think that NXT will go back to kind of more of what it was now that Triple H is in power? I sure hope so. And that's pretty much like what I've heard is that Triple H and Tron Michaels are already just kind of like ready to sort of slowly transition back into that because Triple H, okay, it's kind of leading to SummerSlam week and kind of go back into that. They had uh, some WWE tryouts here in Nashville over SummerSlam weekend and WWE tryouts right now are only like, you know, these collegiate athlete bullshit, the stuff that, you know, yeah, ever that, you know, Nick Khan done and Bruce Pritchard, McMahon put back in like, Oh, we're going to go with like, Right. Sports athletes and turn them into wrestlers. Apparently it was a disaster. Multiple people got injured, multiple concussions. Oh my God. And yeah, it was just not good. So triple H is already basically, basically people are saying triple H is going to go back to signing fucking young indie wrestlers who he can help polish. And cause they actually know the basics because I mean, that's a good, I think that's the best call that cause NX dude, that's the reason NXT was great because he would get, Young guys in the indies or like guys who are just like sick veterans, you know, like the combination. It's yeah, no, I agree. Like, I mean, but I'd love I'd hope it's going back to in that direction because I'd like to watch NXT again because NXT used to be my favorite WWE product brand period yeah, for sure. They got to bring to I mean, yeah, I mean, to me, like to me, you make Smackdown and Raw one brand again. You, you know, bring the titles all back to one. And then, you know, and then you have NXT be your second brand. You know what I mean? Like that's and put that back on the road, get put takeovers back on his his pay-per-views. I feel like that would be way better, too, especially if you have the main roster only having six to eight pay-per-views a year total. That would make it better. I mean, I genuinely feel like that's what like I don't get to watch. I don't get to watch a regular TV like this week. I watched Raw and I watched um, Dynamite. You know, Friday is is as you're hearing this, but. I haven't obviously watched SmackDown or Rampage. I won't be able to. So I don't Both really get live this week. So, yeah, I mean, if I get a chance, I will watch it, of course. But it's like what I'm saying is that's a lot of wrestling that I have to dedicate to watch live uh, throughout a week. You know what I mean? Like, that's just it's kind of an insane amount. And I feel like the reason why in it, like interest stays high is because a because AEW doesn't have a bajillion pay-per-views a year. They put on these like TV specials. Now, I think they should have like maybe one or two more a year, but not more than that. Now, if they start doing these Ring of Honor shows like they've been doing, that'll be enough. That's fine. Um, but that's that's kind of what I think that WWE should do as well. I think they should have NXT have their own pay-per-views, kind of like Death Before Dishonor type thing. And it not, I mean, they had like, what, two guys from quote-unquote AEW and the rest were like, you know, 
ring of honor guys, you know? Yeah. So I think that's the way to do it. And I think, I really hope that that I agree. I hope that NXT does go back to what it was before with uh, triple H kind of being at the helm. Yeah, that would be just pretty much good business for everybody. So also this weekend in Nashville during SummerSlam weekend on Sunday, which kind of capped everything off was the final match of the nature boy, Ric Flair. Mm. And Mm. It was a fucking spectacle. I was there live. Yeah. It was insane. Uh, Best match on the car, I'll go ahead and say it right here, was the AAA showcase, which was Bandito versus Ray Phoenix versus Laredo Kid versus Black Taurus Mm -hmm. from Impact. Yeah. And, dude. It was a great match. It was – dude, I'll tell you here. The crowd probably got just as loud during that match as they did for the main event. Like, that match was insane. Yeah. Some of the craziest spots you'll ever see in your life. And if you know any of these wrestlers that I mentioned, it's just like, dude, go back and watch that match. But the, the thing we want to come to talk about here is the main event. Ric Flair's match match. Did you actually get to see the main event? Yeah, I did. I, I watched the whole show. Oh, you say so you de- everything. See, I, so, so I like I like that. Like you saw it from a live perspective and then I saw it from like the production perspective. Right. So did that translate on TV, that Lucha match, like how hyped the crowd was for it? Not really the crowd. No. Oh, it, dude, I mean, it, it was a good match. It was, pr- but I mean, uh, I mean, you, if you get a chance, you should watch more than just the highlights because the production level for the show was awful. I mean, it was, it was aw- no, no, no. Okay. Hey, dude, let me tell you right here. It was awful live. Okay. okay. So the mic kept like screeching and fucking up. Oh, it was terrible. Randomly during matches. It was terrible. The, like the live TV audio would start playing through the arena of like the ring and shit. And like, you hear like them talking and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And I was like, this is like worse than early levels of dynamite but you know yeah, it was terrible 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 so um yeah no i mean it, it really sucked i mean it was not good at all um last match was awful i mean it was <laughs> it, i mean it was pain painfully bad yes uh, i was, was laughing pretty it much it was worse than any thing. w it was it's it's the worst it's i mean i'm glad that rick flair survived i'm glad that like I'm glad he that he got. I'm glad that he got to sail off in into the match. sunset, but it's it was embarrassingly bad. Like I feel like if he watches it back, he'll probably laugh it off, but he'll be able to admit that it was dog shit. I mean, it was it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, re it was really embarrassingly. Bad. It was a cool moment. It was. Cool it was worse there. than Rick Flair's last match. Years. Everybody it was, was hype regardless because of it was Ric Flair. But dude, I agree. Dog shit. Jay Lethal, Andrade, and Jeff Jarrett did their best to carry this thing. They did, they did. their goddamn best. They did. And I give them all the props in the world because Ric Flair, I thought he was like, gonna, just going to pass out. He was literally just laying in the corner at one point. Yeah. Just laying in the fucking corner. It was horrible. He like, yeah, he had no business out there, to be honest. I wanted to go to see if he possibly got horribly injured or died, but he didn't. He barely made it through. He's not making it to Puerto Rico. We've already talked about this. It's yeah, I, not okay. going to happen, but I will say it was fun. I'm glad to say I was there. That Lucha yeah, match was insane. Oh, yeah. And another thing. The second coolest thing on the show, my boy Mance Warner. Yeah. The badass motherfucker. He won the bunkhouse battle royale and is getting a shot at the interim AEW World Championship this Friday on Rampage. I don't know. Yeah. If that's a result, but they did highlight that on uh, some AEW television yeah. Yeah. of him winning that, of Ric Flair's last match, which I think is fucking awesome. Mance Warner is a 
he's a badass wrestler. I don't know, like most if you're just a casual fan, he's been in G he's GCW, been in MLW, he's he's more like a modern day stone cold type, just I don't know. He's badass. He's a badass beer drinking. He's a modern day mid nineties Southern wrestler. Yes, like, that's but what he he's is. no, no. Let's just call it what it is, and that and that's awesome. Listen, I'm I am not here. No, he to can go in the ring though. I mean, he has the skill. That's just the character that he plays. But yeah, he he can go. And people try to pin him as a deathmatch wrestler, and that's really not what he is. No, 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 uh, no, no. I'm not saying no, no. I'm I'm not saying that he can't go. But I'm saying that he. He has that. He has that old school. Um, even even when he he's not a he's not a high like spot Arne, guy. like an Arn Anderson type. Like yeah, uh, that's what I mean. Like he's yeah. not like he can go for sure. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm in no way trying to degrade him. I'm just trying to explain like to people that haven't seen him that like Mance Warner is like a '90s wrestler, but a very he's an Arn Anderson or he's, he's a like '90s a Kurt w, Henning, like w, WCW wrestler in the modern day. Yes. That's, that's exactly, kind of his. A, that's kind of his Bobby thing. E. It's kind he's of a his modern day Bobby. E. You know what I mean? Like that's, yes, exactly. That's who he is. He's just you know he's trying to win matches, hit the pay window, and drink some beer. Yeah, hell yeah. Which that, is amazing. He's just he's the Southern psycho, and the reason I became a fan of this dude first time I seen him in a match, it was like a multi man type like a uh, scramble match at a GCW actually, or some of the Southern Underground Pro, one of the two. But yeah. he pulled out a pocket knife. Mm. But it's no disqualification, so pull out a pocket knife. The pocket knife's <laughs> legal, and then the refs are like all coming, like no, 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 and like that instantly sold me. And he comes out to Leonard Skinner, and uh, you know, it's he's great. Did he use the pocket knife? I mean, he tried. I mean, no, he did. He the refs, no, the refs took it from him. It was just a, a spectacle thing. I've just never seen anyone pull out a fucking pocket. I really knife. hope you would have said like. Yeah, he jabbed Joey Janela like eight times in the forehead with it. <laughs> that would have been fantastic uh, if he would have jabbed Joey Janela in the head. But like, just goddamn uh, it, that was I got more hyped about Mance Warner than I did say Rick Rick Flair in that match. But uh, yeah. go ahead, moving on. Speaking of like GCW, New Japan, yeah. Southern Underground Pro, Black Label Pro, like all the other companies had sick matches all weekend. We got uh. I don't know if any highlights we got. Uh, I know John Moxley had a really sick match against El Desperado when he got hard weighed with the fucking wooden spikes into his forehead, cool. all deathmatch style. Uh, just, I mean, lots of crazy cool shit and just cool that uh, this was culminating from Nashville, Tennessee. It's just like we, we never really had an event like this in the city. Right. Wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a big, um, it's saying a lot. I mean, to see where the the city itself has come from, like it's it's pretty it's pretty cool to see it become more of a wrestling hub. Like I know it's always had like wrestling staples and wrestling, uh, you know, it's had some wrestling history for sure. But I mean, to be honest, there there was a lull in in the wrestling world uh, in Nashville for a long time in the early to mid two thousands, and it was. I mean, I know Ooh, TNA yeah. was here, but. Those were not the best of days, to be completely honest with you. So yeah, the um, early, like the early fairground days of TNA, like we were just struggling, hanging on, but we were loving it. Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's cool to see Nashville get some shine. It's got some rest, diehard wrestling fans that have been have lived through that, you know. Especially um, cool also, to see J someone like Jeff Jarrett get shine on the main, like main spots oh, sure. on both shows. For sure, for sure, it's great to see. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I thought I thought overall, listen, you know what they they. They delivered what they promised, you know, I mean, I mean, I think that the the hype packages that they put together pre-match probably helped the entire thing, honestly. 
because if there wasn't a story going into it, I don't think it would have sold as well. Um, and I'm not saying that that's, I think that's, I think that's good. Uh, but I do think that, uh, you know, it, should it have happened? Maybe not, maybe not, <laughs> but was it the worst thing I've ever seen? The match? Maybe the show, not so bad wrestling wise production was, you know, it's, it's there. It's fun. Ric Flair. You know what? Look, he's the, he's one of the goats. Of course, I, I feel like it's stupid to just say one person is the goat, but he's one of them. And if that's what he wanted, that's what he wanted. Good for him. Thanks so much, Ric Flair, for everything else. I appreciate it. If that was for you, I will gladly clap for you and say, go nature boy. You know, he's definitely like a first team starter, all time first team, like top 10 guy for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Can't take that away. But no uh, doubt. so let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it. The first, uh, I guess, I'll, even though it happened like a week ago, the first Raw with Triple H in charge, this is the first yeah. real Raw of the Triple H era. And, dude, you could see his fingerprints throughout this whole show. That fucking three-way with Mustafa Ali. I know. Watch it. Watch out. The three-way. But shit, no, no, no that three-way match of Mustafa Ali, AJ Styles, and... Why am I shooting a blank here at the third person in that match? The Miz? Yeah. Yeah, the Miz. Dude, what a fucking match. Like, Triple H let them go out there and just do their yeah. fucking thing. And, like, the Miz caught, even caught somebody on a dive. Yeah. I was just like, what's happening here? Like, that 450 pop up into the styles. Like, dude, it was such a good match. And then the other three-way, you know, wasn't – it was pretty good. But we get we got Tommaso Ciampa versus AJ Styles, and the winner going to face Bobby Lashley, and then Ciampa gets it, dude. You can Triple H is a hundred percent. His dick is all over this. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, listen. I think that the overall tone of the show too was significantly more serious and more um, storyline driven. I th- which is good. I mean, I think that's all good. I mean, that's what WWE does. I don't, you know, and I, I don't think people should expect, like, we're not going to get AEW 2.0. Like, that's not, like, that's not, and I don't think we should. I, I do genuinely feel like AEW is just the best parts of WCW. And that's great. If, if that can last, that's an awesome alternative. Obviously, there were millions of people that loved it before. It'll work and could last forever as long as they don't run it into the ground. I don't think Tony Khan will. I think they're going to last for a long time, and that's awesome. I but I think WWE should still be WWE. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, and I think that Triple H is actually going to do a better job of putting it in the same lane. You know what I mean? Because I feel like over the past few years, Vince has taken it, tried to take it like all the way just casual. You know? And I mean, that's that's fine to an extent, but it's like. These wrestlers are so good that you already built up in NXT under Triple H's regime that you can easily insert them into the main roster and have a more serious tone and still have a lot of entertainment, still have your comedic spots, still have all of that stuff there. I mean, it's a three hour show, you know, like there's no reason why you can't have both. And I think the Triple H is doing a really good job of slowly adapting into this new era. Dude, and basically what the whole show was based on was that uh, United States Championship, and we've been talking about recently how that and the Intercontinental Belt have just kind of been like a joke, trash, it doesn't matter. But that fucking promo package, like highlighting the U.S. title, that like that alone, I was just like, all right. So good. Like 
I was like, dude, I care. Like this, that made me care about it. Just alone, that little bit of production, that package, JBL, just talking about it and showing yeah. the different iterations. Like, I was like, dude, this actually makes me care about the title. Like, and they're actually treating it with some respect. And that's all you got to do. Like, that title hasn't meant shit since the John Cena Open Challenge. Like, yep, literally. And I'm glad to see them kind of like giving it something because, I mean, with Roman Reigns holding the two main belts, you really have to treat your mid-card titles kind of like a little bit more prestigious. If yeah. he's not going to be on TV and defend it, you really got to highlight the other titles. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they'll do a slight – like it feels like they're doing a soft build of the U.S. title, which I like. Hopefully they also do a soft build of the Intercontinental title, and then they blend them. Um, I think that we can both agree that both titles, the way they look now is awful. The new U S title doesn't look good. Uh, I like the look of the, the new intercontinental title, but the problem is they've already pushed it into the dirt so far that yeah, it's like, so it's it like, has a even though it looks cooler, it. you have that perception and you just think shit when you see it. And you know what? And I'm fine with the intercontinental title going away and it just being the U S title, because that's kind of more, you know, that's kind of more WWE yeah. brand, you know, yeah, and USA, I'll say the U S title design is is better. I feel like. I yeah, know. I agree. It's, I agree. And that's fine. But I do think that you got to meld them together. I think that now's the time to like, just make, cause that's a run. You know what I mean? Like you can make that, you can get money out of that. You can, you can get some drawing power out of that and you can make somebody with that. Um, I, you know, you, we need to just dwindle the belts down. There's just too many. There's just too many. There's too many title belts. Like it's just not, it, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. And, and when you have that many titles, people just care less about them. Yeah, I agree. I understand. Just like uh, I feel like in AEW, we don't really need the TNT title anymore, and you need to kind of focus on that all-Atlantic all championship because that just looks cooler. And even yeah. though the TNT title has somewhat of a prestige, I don't know. I just – yeah. lately they've kind of soured. That whole, the whole Scorpio Sky, Sammy Guevara saga just kind of like yeah. – eh. If yeah. Wardlow can bring it back to some prestige because he's going to be defending against Jay Lethal, which that's pretty cool, but – you gotta, we gotta do something else. You gotta do something uh, else. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I totally agree. I also think that, like, I mean, I do like the idea of Kip Sabian coming back and working against uh, Pack. I think they kind of teased that on Dynamite, which I really like. No, oh, that'll uh, be, that'll be great. Yeah, it'll be great, dude. Because that guy is really good, and he hasn't been on TV in a long time. And I feel like they need a guy that is not a WWE guy, never has been, and can be on that level. That they do need more of that. I mean, I, I mean. This this past dynamite was the last dynamite that I've or the first dynamite that I've watched live in a long time, so I couldn't fast forward through anything. Um, and and the matches were good, but it I mean, I do genuinely kind of understand the gripe now that a lot of it from the WWE fanboy side, where it's like, I mean, this does feel like a, I mean, dude, it was Matt Hardy versus Christian. Like, wait, I mean, well, besides Matt Hardy versus Christian, I will say, you know, we got the we got the Ricky Starks powerhouse Hobbs thing, which I think yeah. is fucking great. Yeah, that's I good. think it's a great thing. I'm glad. And I think it's great that Team Taz is officially over. I think they ran its course, and it's kind of good to see everybody just let kind of break out on their own and do their own thing. I mean, they really need to put the rocket on hook, though. They need to put him on oh, dynamite. I mean, he, he got the FTW title. That's just the beginning. He's I know, gonna, but it's like I, I feel like the, I feel like he's. And maybe they're doing this by design, and it's just like now he's like Rampage is his show. Like he's a Rampage guy. Like that's his show, and it's like that's great and all, but like Dynamite's your flagship show, and yeah. you need more. You need more self-made creations there. I mean, a lot of it's it's very cool. 
Um, I mean, you know, it's cool to see Claudio, you know, on there. It's cool to see him as a Ring of Honor champion. All of this is cool, but it's like, you know, Jericho, it's like this has been going on for a while. Moxley, and it's like, I mean, you got Kingston. He's like the main guy right now. That's, I mean, you got the Adam Page thing. But even with, you know, the Bucks and everything, it's like you're still, their opponents are NXT guys, you know? So it's like, I do understand the gripe. And I'm not I will say, though, I will say, Adam Cole making that kid cry was oh, fucking great heel. That work. was a great like, visual. Making kids, they, dude. The, the fact that they only, they, they really should have pushed that more. They really should have put, like, like, it was a flash. Like, they only put that kid on the screen for a split second. It was not very long. And I DVR'd it, so, like, I have the live feed, and I was like, dude, that's money. You've got to use and they just they'll did. they'll probably call back on it. They'll probably be like, "Look, you made." I guarantee you, they'll call back on it because like, think about it, they probably have better, more footage of it because they just cut to whatever the next thing was in the production. So yeah. I guarantee you, dude, they will play on that because that's just too good not to. Because when I saw that, I was like, "Dude, yes." Anytime I see a little kid cry, I know wrestling is working. It's, yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's, it's yeah. a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, like like you said, Dynamite was a really good one this week, and I understand, like you said. The whole gripe there, but a lot of these guys who are ex WWE guys or are have are ex Ring of Honor guys anyways, and are ex whatever guys. The only person that really is not is Jericho, and he's yeah. really the main dude, like the OG who's just holding it down because if he was the first champion, and I get that still, they have a lot of injuries right now too. You know, I mean, like yeah, I understand that a lot, way too many. Like Adam Cole still can't fucking wrestle. Yeah, and. uh yeah, I mean, I'm excited for what's upcoming in Dynamite. I mean, it was a great show, like you said. Even the tag, even the women's tag match, it was pretty good. Yeah, and you know, sometimes they put on some dog shit, but this is actually hopefully they can just keep going in the right direction. You know, they hire Madison Rain, who's making her debut, but she's basically going to be like a coach for the women's division and help be help do like some booking stuff. To okay, to to coach them for how. How is she going to coach them? Oh, God. Damn. I'm not trying to be rude. But come on, man. Like, for real? I mean, she has a lot of experience. Okay, I mean, cool. Well, maybe they'll hire Van Hammer to, to help train. Like, it's just. The, oh, my God. Van I mean, she's Hammer. not. She's not good in the ring, man. Like, listen, I'm not. And that's not like. A, what is that? What? what? Like, she's what? what? Like, like, I'm not. Time am I saying? Champion, right? Okay. Yes. I. Yeah, I understand. I mean, come on, man. Am I being an asshole right now? Can anybody argue that they've seen, like, really great Madison Rain matches? Are you being serious right now? Maybe she's like a, I don't know, like a fucking somebody who... Promo-like person? I mean, she did... She maybe did they know promos. Maybe they know something that we don't. Maybe she's good at coaching or something. Some people okay. that were... Think about that. Think about all sports. Maybe people that weren't really that good at the sport. It's like, okay. Great coaches. Like, she's like a Tori Wilson. Like, she was decent in the ring. Very popular. Very hot. That's her vibe. That's awesome. Great, great backstage personality. Did actually real, relatively decent on commentary when she was in M- Impact. I'm trying to give her flowers here. I'm not just trying to poo-poo on her. So I'm just maybe, saying, like, maybe for her to be they hired as a wrestling coach is a little positives. silly. They want to like, help. That, it, it would be like it would be like hiring Kelly Kelly as a wrestling coach. Was she over? Yes. Did she play a big, massive role at a time in wrestling? Yes, absolutely. Should she be a coach? Nah. Hey, I'll make a relation. Think about this. Guess a uh, NXT's main coach Matt Bloom. Fucking. A train, Lord Tensai. I mean, he's pretty much the male version of it. He's just some some lower mid card guy. No, that's true. That's facts. That's facts. So, I mean, maybe people people. I mean, think about all all sports. There's like, you know, bench players, dudes who never hit the field. They they become great coaches. That's like, facts. They that's understand fair. the sport. They understand the psychology of it. They're just 
maybe I would they argue can't that Matt translate Bloom it. Is significantly better bell to bell than Madison Rain. Just gonna just throwing that out there. Even for the division, significantly better bell to bell. But you know, just just throwing that out there. Hey, but, but you get what I'm saying though. People who maybe not be the greatest at it, I get sport, what you're they saying. They understand it. I get what you're saying, but in this wrestling podcast world, I think that that's stupid, and they should not have hired her to be a coach. That's what I'm saying. Like I think about all the people she worked with. I just don't agree with toward her. She had a lot of work with Gail Kim and Awesome Kong, a lot of good people. You can keep hard selling all you want. That's this is a miss for me, buddy. I'm not trying to sell her. I really never don't give a fuck about her. I barely even know what she looks like, to be honest. I I mean, I know exactly uh, what she looks like. She's beautiful, but. I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm just trying to, you know, like, what if, you know, she could, I feel like AEW just wouldn't fucking hire her for no reason is all I'm saying. They must we'll know something we don't know. We'll see. All right. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. But uh, I guess, uh, do you want to go ahead and move on into uh, what's going to be our top five SummerSlam moments? Yeah. About I'm excited that time? about it, man. So we're going to wrap up SummerSlam season here. We're doing our top five ever SummerSlam moments. Um, you know, initially I was like, it can be moments. It can be whatever. It doesn't have to necessarily be a match for me. It's actually, I mean, it's matches just because SummerSlam is an iconic, like, um, pay-per-view staple that's been around for a very long time. Um, so for me, it's definitely the matches, but it's more the moments in the matches themselves that, yep. that, Same that made it for me. Um, so for me, uh, I'll start it off here with my top, my top five. So my number five uh-huh. greatest SummerSlam moment of all time has got to be Shawn Michaels overselling to Hulk Hogan in 2005. That's my uh, that's my number five moment. Uh, I think it's just like I think it's the best like screw you, um, you know that that Shawn's kind of ever done without like. I mean, if you really watch it and you watch old Hulk Hogan matches, like he wrestled it perfectly. It's just overselling was the thing in the 80s. So it's like. It really wasn't like that he oversold it. It's just that it's 2005, so he was a, a much better belt-to-belt wrestler. And it's kind of sticking it to the man, you know, like, made you look strong, brother, type thing. And, um, yeah, number five overall SummerSlam moment for me is HPK Hogan. Where are you at on it? Okay, my number five SummerSlam moment of all time, even though the one you just mentioned is actually my number four, so I'll go ahead and get that out of the way. Okay. But my right. number five is – uh. Shane O'Mac versus Steve Blackman when uh oh they, okay yeah the match you know they yeah. climb up real high on the Titantron he hits him with the kendo stick and there's that's that gnarly ass fall that's a goodie that's a fucking classic like that's one of those like one of the few big Shane McMahon bumps that always sticks in yeah. my head like that him versus Kurt Angle yeah like all those that that that's just that one sticks in my mind so bad and like shout out to the Lethal Weapon Steve Blackman he was just so badass like Taking I don't know what bumps. it was. Taking big bumps, being a big man. You're just a badass motherfucker. But yeah, and then since I already already said it, my number four was uh, HBK versus Hulk Hogan. I'm Michaels overselling like a motherfucker. Just so good though. I, I mean, went back like, and watched the most iconic gifts of all time. He is just like when he like falls out of the ring and Hogan throws his bandana at him. Like so good. Goddamn, such it's a so great. Good. One. The, I think the big guess, boot. Oh, yeah, the but big what was boot sell is my favorite part of that whole match. Which one? What? The big boot, where he takes the big boot, and he like takes the bump, falls down. Oh, I love up. when he's also on top of the turnbuckle and he's kicking him, and he's oh. bouncing like fucking ten feet in the air. But so uh, good. fuck. Since that was my number four, let's go ahead and get yours. My number four SummerSlam moment of all time. Uh, this is the kid thing for me. I was about nine years old. 
um, when this 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 match took place, but it's Taker versus Taker. Uh, it was just such a big thing <laughs> to me as a kid. I loved it. Um, you also having like the Leslie Nielsen like uh, vignettes that kind of led up to it were super funny. Um, the Naked Gun movies at the time. This is how old I am. Were pretty popular. Um, yeah, I mean it was it was it was really good. I mean the match itself is not like very memorable. I mean the match wasn't really that great. Uh, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't that great. It was just the build up to it was cool. The idea that they pulled it off with like like that. I think that's the most like charactery gimmicky match that like just sticks out into my mind. Like it's burned in there. Granted, like 1994 is like the height of the gimmick era, you know. Um, but yeah, to me, it's Taker Undertaker versus Underfaker. Um, that's it's got to be it, man. Just all the campaigning, the the pizza boxes, and all the stuff <laughs> they did that led up to it was just such a big thing. Um, so yeah, Taker versus Taker for me is my number four. What's your number three, Wex? Okay, coming in at number three for me, even though it eventually had a bittersweet ending, it was a uh, Finn Balor winning the first ever Universal Championship against Seth Rollins at SummerSlam, and as I as I said, bittersweet because nice. he ended up getting an injury, tearing his labrum, and having to relinquish the title the next night. But that like whole point, like he was fresh. Fresh off of NXT, straight onto Raw, beat yeah. Roman Reigns. Yeah. Beat Roman Reigns, by the way, to fucking be in the main event, like get the title shot. And like he was gonna be pushed to the moon in a fucking injury. It's like it's like classic. It's like he's like the fucking uh he's like the Grant Hill of uh That's WWE. Like he, he was really good, had That's a promising so true. career, got an injury and just kinda He's a Derek really, Rose, dude. He's a Derek Rose. I mean Derek Rose, I mean yeah, I mean, Derrick Rose like could have been Rose the too. goat. Derrick Rose, one of my all-time favorite this players. This is going right to be a there. different yeah, podcast like, at some point, but yes, that that dude could have been the, the goat. Year, not MVP, and then in the final minutes of a playoff game, for no reason being in there, tears his ACL, never makes it back to what he was. Like he's a, still a great serviceable still a player, great player, but he's but not like, that. And that's what's a, that, okay. I know we're sidebarring here, and I, no one gives a shit, but I, I do, and I'm going to say this. Derek Carr, or not Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Derek Rose, Derek Rose. Derek Carr, Jesus. Derek Rose should have been, like, could have been the guy that, like, made the Bulls back to the Bulls. Like, he could, he really could have been that guy. I know people are like, oh, you're crazy. Like, dude. No, he, wa- he watch was him that guy until the ACL was, and every other he injury. He was unreal. He was like, he was unreal. Like, he was so His good. MVP season was fucking insane i feel like in the, the, the level of injury he had most people i feel like sh- wouldn't even have come back from and he's come back and will still probably be in the hall of fame he's still a really damn good player hey but he's himself said he, he wants to be the tom brady of the nba and play until he's like 42 and he should if he can why not people i mean i would i would put him on anything i don't think any there's no way he would go a season without getting anytime he wants to play it's, yeah, exactly. It's He's still him. like a good, either like a a fringe starter or like a solid six man. Absolutely, absolutely, no doubt about it, man. Like that dude can still cut it. We're not. Uh, that's 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 enough about regular sports for this show. Maybe a tease for uh, what is to come in the in the very distant future. Uh, what was your number three again? Sorry, that was it. That was a uh, uh, my Finn Balor. Yeah, Finn Balor, Finn Balor and Rollins. Yep. Um, okay, my number three is HBK versus Razor uh the second ladder match oh, in 1995. Shit. That's my that's my number 3. It's my bronze medal. Um and honestly it's just because I'm a Sean Mark too. 
I feel like he kind of became a baby face at WrestleMania 10. And then by the time he got to this era, it was like people really wanted to see him win. And when he won this one, even though like everything was great in the match, except for the very end. Um, and that's why people kind of tarnish it a little bit. Uh, but I actually thought that like, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, WrestleMania 10 was so much better. And WrestleMania 10 was better. I'm not saying it's not. But this was still a damn good match. Like, it was not bad by any means at all. No, no, not very at all. Good, like, there th- were a couple awkward moments, but it wasn't, like, overwhelm, like overwhelming obvious botches. You know what I mean? Like, It's just uh, unnecessary it's just, bias because we've seen other matches that are considered all-time greats yeah. that have just as many little slip-ups. So. Of course. Of course. Exactly. So, to me, I mean, I think the only thing that hurt it is that it was so close to the rest. It was literally, you know, WrestleMania 10 had happened and then they did it again. And it's like, nah, maybe they should have waited a little bit longer on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still number three greatest all time SummerSlam moment for me. HBK razor HBK finally winning the IC title in that ladder match. What's your silver medal? Your number two, my number two silver medal is a SummerSlam from, I want to say either 99 or 2000, but it was the first ever TLC match. Okay. Nice. And that for me just sticks out so hard. I want to say it was 99. Okay. Or 2000, one of the fucking two years, but That was the same time that I met the Hardy Boys on Broadway after the first ever SmackDown in Nashville, Tennessee. Like, I was so enthralled with the Dudleys, the Hardys, Edge and Christian, WWF The Music Volume 4, that belt, as you can see in the background, Stone Cold's holding. Like, that was the fucking time. Like, no mercy. No, that was actually WrestleMania 2000 era. Like, like, that's when wrestling for me was like 100% all or nothing. I was like eight, nine years old. You know, I was just... Locked in hard, played with the figures every day, had the Titantron answers with the ring. Just that match right there holds so much just like nostalgia and it's a f- fucking fantastic match. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. That's a solid choice. I didn't even think to put that on here. Like, okay. So when we're doing these lists, like I'm just, it's literally off the dome. Like I think about a time, like I don't do any research. I don't look online. I just think like, okay, what do I like? Honestly, off the top of my head, these moments that stick out to me and like the biggest ones. So that's a good one. I forgot about it being at a SummerSlam, uh, but that's a really good one for sure. My number two, my bronze medal is uh, Bret Hart versus Bulldog. Not your 19- bronze medal, your silver medal. Or my silver, two. my bad. My number two, my silver medal. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that, Lex. Uh, is Bret Hart versus the Bulldog in Wembley Stadium, 1992 oh. for the Intercontinental title. That was like, I think the first time that I had seen wrestling be like wrestling like the kind of even close to the way we know it now which not even really it's more like a european style because they worked in europe but like it was a very 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 good technical wrestling match especially for the time um i mean i think it would hold up today i think you could have that match today on uh, triple h's raw or aew and it would it would be good it would succeed um it definitely made bulldog uh, and it definitely, I think it's Bulldog's best match of his career period. Um, and I think it definitely elevated Brett from the intercontinental level. I think after he, even though he lost, it's like, okay, well that dude's like the next thing is for him to go and be the champ, you know, like that. It, it just made sense for his growth and his ascension that he was going to be that guy. And he was. So for me, it's uh it's Brett and Bulldog. That's my number two, my, uh, my silver as Wex like to correct me there. Well, that's crazy uh, that we're finally going to get our first UK pay-per-view, like, real one yeah. since then, finally coming up here soon with WWE. 30 years, man. That's crazy. 30 years later. Because ins- the uh, insurrection doesn't count. No, of course not. That was an exclusive. 
yeah, that's not it's not the same. And then we had that one night only, which was also yeah. kind of an exclusive. Yeah, pretty um, much. But uh, yeah, man. So what was your number two? My number two was uh, the TLC. The TLC, that's right. So what's your number one overall? Okay, so my number one overall, I haven't heard you say this yet. So I'm pretty sure our number one overalls, I'm going to go ahead and call it's going to be the same. I think it's going to be the same. And mine is uh, HBK versus uh, Triple H street fight return match after being gone for fucking forever uh, after losing a smile and hurting his back. Yeah, no and, doubt. Like, we've t- we've already covered we've covered this before on the show and we've talked about it many times. I mean, it's I mean, what what else can I say? It's HBK's first match back after only special guest refereeing and cutting promos and us like him being the mystery man for like what five years? Yeah. It's after he found Christ, I guess. I don't know if it was a gimmick or if it was for real, for real. But uh, he uh, he came back, and that was the beginning of. Honestly, people don't like to say this, but arguably, I'll say I think it may have been the better run of the two. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to say better, but it's it's because they're so different. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like they're they're so different. Um, I think as a heel. The '90s work is the best ever, and as a babyface, I think the 2000s run was better. Um, but yeah, I mean, either way, it's like it, and they wrestled different. He wrestled differently. I mean, he was he was not the same. He didn't do the same move set. I mean, of course, he still had his his main primary things: the flying, you know, the flying forearm and the kip up and the the elbow drop and elbow and, drop, and, yeah, and sweet chin music and all that. But I mean, he changed a lot of his style. He was doing a lot different things he had his main trademark stuff um but he i mean yeah i mean the wrestling ability i mean i've said it several times but to me that i mean it might not be the greatest match of all time but to me personally the the most in, impactful wrestling match of my life is this match is Shawn michaels triple h 2002 i mean it, it just meant so much to me as a fan um yeah i mean it's it's the greatest SummerSlam moment of all time. I will say this though, for the top five for both of us, we did pretty good as far as like uh, being you know pretty diverse in our in our choices. Um, yeah, man, I'm pretty hype about it. I mean, kind of sad to see uh, SummerSlam season go, but um, how do you feel about the top five? Ah, pretty cool. I mean, uh, I knew we were going to be pretty diverse, but that 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 number one just because even though I'm a Stone Cold Mark, Shawn Michaels is definitely my very close number two. So I just. I yeah. knew we were going to agree on that one, especially when I didn't hear it the whole time. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's gotta be, it's just it's gotta be, how can you, how can you deny that one? It's gotta be, it's gotta be. It's number one in my list. Like number honestly, one in my heart. If, yeah. If I had to like, if I had to show a, ba- if I got to show the backstory video as well, and I get, could show anybody one match, it would be this, like no doubt about it. Like zero debate. It's this one for oh, those sure. Those promos were so good. The pro, yeah, if I could show them not the nothing not the matches, but just all the story leading up to it, and then the match itself, I feel like there's nothing better in professional wrestling. I could be completely honest and say that I don't think there's anything better than that, in my opinion. It's money. It's poetic. it's money. It's good stuff. And so you know what? It's season five, man. I'm super excited. It's the first episode of season five, and I really wanted to start a new game here on the show instead of doing trivia. Um, we're going to do this game called who am I? So basically the way it's going to work, Wex is I'm going to pick a random wrestler. Um, I'm going to give you three facts about this wrestler. And then you have one minute exactly to ask me as many yes or no questions as possible. And you get three guesses 
So you can ask me, you know, like, let's say like four or five yes or no questions, make a guess. You get it wrong. You can ask me as many yes or no questions as you want, as long as it all falls in this one minute time span. And you can get another guess. And then you get another guess. Once you get the third one, you're out. You'll be clear on the rules here. Yes, okay. Eddie, yes. Yes, I'm ready for it. I'm probably going to be out quickly if I don't guess it right, but uh, I'll give it a good try. Give it a good okay. college try. Okay. All right. Let me get my stopwatch ready here. I'm super excited about this, guys. So i got to be totally honest. Okay. So, I am a two-time world champion. I am okay. a three-time intercontinental champion. I am currently active on the roster. Who am I? Currently active on the roster of what company? It's only yes or no questions. Does he wrestle for AEW? No. Does he wrestle for WWE? Yes. Drew McIntyre. No. That's one. Mm. That's one down. You're 30 seconds left. Seamus. No. That's two guesses. Got to give me more yes or no questions. Uh, is he on SmackDown? No. Okay. Does he have a tag team partner? Not currently. Not currently. Uh. Dolph Ziggler dude with like two seconds left. Well, you got it. That's amazing. Yes. Good for you. Yes. It's Dolph Ziggler. That's awesome. Well, well done. Well done. Well done. That's really, yeah, I'm very proud of you. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I guess it's my turn to do it to yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Let me get uh, a stopwatch ready. All right, and I'm going to go ahead and hit it, and... No, no, wait, wait, you got to give me the three facts first, and then you say... Okay, okay. I am a two-time WWE World Tag Team Champion with two different partners. Okay. I am a wrestler that was diagnosed with testicular cancer back in 2004. I am... Still active on the independent scene, and my last match was against Joey Janela. And start. Am I in AEW? No. Am I in WWE? No. Am I a heavyweight? No. Uh-oh, getting close. Five. Uh, was I in a faction? Yes. Am I X-Pac? No, and you finally uh, passed it. You lost. Who am I? You are Scotty Too Hottie. Oh, what faction was he in? Too Cool. I don't Rikishi? know if that's a faction. That was a, that was a three, man. That was a faction. <sighs> Rikishi? Is that a faction? Th- more than two people make it a faction. I feel like that should be the question for our Twitter or like our social media. Like, all right, on TikTok. What makes it a faction? Hey, is, too, is too cool a faction? It, it, like, 
I feel okay. Is three I, people I, make I, it a I faction. I think you have to have three. I think you have to, three is the minimum, I, and it can be a faction. But normally, I wouldn't. I mean, there's only like a few three man factions in the history of wrestling, in my opinion. Like, I don't think the Freebirds are a faction, but I do think the no? Shield is a faction. What about the New Day? I think that new. No, I don't think the New Day is a faction. I think they're. A I tag. think they're a faction. I think, I think and I think tag. the the original, the elite, are a faction. It's a mini faction. That if any, my opinion, anything beyond a tag team, if you add the third person, it becomes a faction. Because what if it's a, what, uh, okay? So what if what if it's a tag team and a manager? That could that could still be a faction. That's no, no. See, I disagree. I disagree. I really think you need to have four. Like, I mean, there's a few. There's a few factions that are three. A few. A few throughout history. But I think that you got to have four. I don't know. That, that's the debate. Like, is it the horsemen kind of prove? Do you that. need three or four to make a faction? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I wouldn't say uh, that's not fair. That's not fair. What makes the better a faction? Three or four? Because like I know there have been factions of three, but I don't know. I I don't. I still don't like. I don't think too cool is a faction. I, I think don't they are. Like I think anything the Mean Street Posse faction three people. Yeah, but there were four of them. There was only three. There's four of them. Rodney, Pete Gas, Joey Abs, and Rodney, whatever. That was only three. Plus Shane, but Shane's not. Shane was definitely in the, the mean, mean, street three, posse. The mean Street Posse was three people. <laughs> I don't know. If you're listening to this, it's th- go look it up. It's three people. I swear. Who's besides Kate? Joey Abs, Pete Gas, and Rodney, whatever. But who's the fourth guy? I don't know, but he was there. Exactly. There's and only the three. vest involved. That's a uh, Joey Abs. <laughs> you already said him. Joey Abs, Pete Gas, and Rodney, whatever. Is it Rodney Mack? Was he? No, it wasn't Rodney Mack. Jesus Christ. <laughs> God, that was. Speaking of Rodney Mack, that was a fucking tough match to watch. Him and Tyrus. That was like. Oh my that God. Was like, that like, was why are they still probably wrestling? worst match of 2022. Good God. If he ends up doing a wor- top five worst, that's going to be in there. That was horrible. My goodness. Rodney Mack. Ugh. God bless you, man. Back in the day, you could go, but Jesus Christ. Give it up, buddy. Yeah, give it up. Give it up, man. Well, you know what? I'm going to give it up. It's been you know, This has been one of my more favorite episodes. It's season five. I really do like Who Am I, though. We're going to have to like make a whole show out of Who Am I's, like just do that every now and then because that's super fun. Um, damn, I thought for sure it was going to be Xbox, man. I, dude, Dolph Ziggler was one of my first choices. Dude. I was like, no, nah, it's not. No, nah, it's not Dolph Ziggler, but I'm, I'm glad I fucking tossed it in there at the last second. I thought for sure it was going to be Xbox. Wow. Well, I'll for, I guarantee you next week I'll have somebody else fucking good. I'm excited about it. Next week's going to be awesome. Um, if you didn't know, you can always find the show at kfabe.com on Instagram and Twitter. You can find the show at kfabe.com pod on TikTok. You can find us at kfabe comparisons on Facebook and on YouTube. Um, yeah, you know, just be sure to follow us all there. You can always find your boy, Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, at Daniel Daybreak on literally every kind of platform of all time. Just Daniel Daybreak, all one word. Um, yeah, that's me. So, yeah, Wex, where can people find you, man? And as always, you can find your boy Wex Breaking the Lawson at Wex Breaking the Lawson on mostly all of your social medias. And we're going to be heavy on the TikTok as usual. And, yeah, just uh, stay stay tuned. We're almost to 200 followers, 200 uh, subscribers on the TikTok. Once we get to that, we're going to cut something special. We'll, we'll have a vote for it this time. We will do it for real. And then uh, right, right on out for this last season, you know. Drink a beer with us. Burn one if you burn one. If you don't, don't. But uh, enjoy it and listen to it. Have a good time. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, 
But uh, yeah, be sure to leave us a five-star review. Hit subscribe, man. Tell, tell a friend. It's our last season, man. It's our last season. Season five. We're going to be killing it between now on everything AEW and WWE here uh, until WrestleMania next year. So it's going to be a long season. we got plenty of time. We're going to wind it down the right way. Kayfabe comparison is going to be awesome. It's going to be our best season yet. I'm excited. That's going to do it for us this week. We will see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Holla.